You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Well, good morning once again, Radiant Church. So good to see all of you here with us this morning. I want to begin by giving you an update of our Heart for the House campaign. And this is what we have in so far. We have $19,909.64. So, so we're almost at 20 grand, only 15,000 more to go. That's good news. We're excited about that. We're going to close that fund down tonight at midnight. And that just simply means this if you want to write us a check for 15 grand, go right ahead. It's all good. We will receive it. You know, in all seriousness, we have, um, we have a roof. The roof will be replaced. That work will begin either this week or next week. And so we're waiting to hear from Bear Roofing Company. So we're really excited about that. If you wouldn't mind just praying with me, praying with us, that uh, the Lord would just uh, get that work started and keep all of our workers safe. And I want to just say again, thank you for your faithful generosity here uh, the work of the Lord here at Radiant Church. We're so grateful for all of you. If you have not yet given, please pray and generously give uh, whatever the Lord would put on your heart to help us fulfill these goals and this vision that God has placed on our heart as a influencing church in this region. The second thing I want to uh, make you known about was yesterday we had a group of guys that helped out for a local outreach at the River Jordan. The River Jordan is an organization that works with foster care uh, children, actually not children, but adults, those who, those who age out of the foster care system, and they help to empower them so that they can become um, great citizens, working citizens uh, in society. And so we were able to do a cleanup uh, project yesterday. There was about uh, 12, 12 of us men who helped out, and we did all this work. And hey, I just want to say thank you to all the men who showed up. We didn't, we didn't advertise this to everyone, but we just called a few people up, and we knew that it was going to be a smaller project. And also with the River Jordan, uh, because of your faithful generosity, that staff there, the director and his staff, we're going to actually sponsor or fund or take care of a Thanksgiving dinner for them and that staff and their staff. And so we're going to do that in just a few more weeks here because of your faithful generosity. And let me just say this. Thank you again, Radiant Church, for shining bright in our city. And thank you for your faithful generosity. I'm telling you, it's not just making a difference for the people here. It, it makes a difference in our city and in our community. So God is doing some great things here at Radiant Church, and we are so excited about those things. Well, this morning, we're going to continue in our series, part number three of a message series in the book of Acts. We're calling it the Spirit-Empowered Church, and we're looking at the early church, the church in motion, the church empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you remember last week, we saw that Jesus tells his disciples, he says, stay in Jerusalem. Why? Because he wants them to wait for the promise of his Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so the disciples do that. They return to Jerusalem, and they do the last thing that Jesus commanded them to do. And if you were here, and you, or you listened to the podcast, or you watched on YouTube, you remember me saying, this is the way that God leads us so many times. God would just tell us to go back 
and do the last thing that he told us to do. And it's, so often it's, it's boring, it's, it's just practical, it's mundane, it's, un, it's ordinary. And that's where we see God show up. God, God takes our ordinary and he, he puts his, his extraordinary on it. God takes our natural and he brings his supernatural. You know, sometimes we want God, we, we often want God to lead us in the, the burning bush experiences, right? We want, we want God to show us what are we supposed to do. We want, us to, we want him to write it in the sky, but you know what? What I've discovered in life is that so often God just leads us through the very practical, the mundane and the born. He shows up, and that's what we see the disciples doing there. And we also see last week is that the disciples devoted themselves to praying constantly, to, 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 to coming together and praying together. And, you know, it's amazing what happens when God's people join together in prayer. It's so amazing what happens when God's people join together in prayer. It's one of the reasons why I'm always asking you, come up and receive prayer. Come up and receive prayer. Don't leave. You, you, the football game will be on. The gro- mire will always be open. It's okay. You may not be able to find toilet paper. I get that, right? You may not be able to find some items right now, but it'll be open at least, and you'll be able to get all of your groceries eventually. But listen, we have people who want to pray for you and with you. And listen, that's important because God shows up when people join together and pray. This morning, we're going to begin in Acts chapter 2. We're going to hang out in the first four verses there. If you have a Bible, I want you to join me there or a smartphone. You can join me in Acts chapter 2. We use the NIV quite often here at Radiant Church. I love the ESV if you're wondering about translations on Sometimes I use the NLT to help me understand, but my go-to, are, my go-to Bibles are the ESV, um, NET, and the NIV. But this morning, we're going to be in the NIV. We're going to read a few verses. If you don't have a Bible with you, we'll have the verses behind me on the screen. Here's what it says. And when the day of Pentecost came, which, by the way, Pentecost was a, was a Jewish festival that was celebrated 50 days after Passover, uh, the word Pentecost literally means 50, and uh, it was a celebration. Later on, let me just say this really quick, between the Old Testament and, and New Testament, we call that the intertestamental period. Well, during that period, the Jews actually celebrated Pentecost, and they celebrated it uh, as a way to celebrate God giving them the law in, on Mount Sinai. Now, for Christians, post-resurrection, in light of the resurrections, the resurrection we celebrate Pentecost as the day or the, or the marker when the Holy Spirit came on his people and the, the, the church was birthed, birthed. So here we are, the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they, the disciples, were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house when they were, when they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We're going to talk about, we're going to have some fun today talking about the Holy Spirit. It's going to be good. Let's take a few moments to, to uh, seek God in prayer and then we will get on with the rest of our message. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we just we thank you so much for 
just your presence already this morning. We thank you that you've already been here. You're already here. Uh, you're ministering to our hearts. God, you're encouraging us. You're bringing boldness. You're bringing life. You're, you're bringing revelation of your word, God, and we just ask for more. Uh, Holy Spirit, we ask for more, and uh, this room belongs to you. So move on our hearts this morning, God. By your spirit, open up uh, blind eyes, unlock deaf ears, and soften hearts this morning, God. Would you draw near to us, God, as we draw near to you? God, would you encourage us? Would you embrace us with your love? And God, if there's someone here who just doesn't know about your love, they haven't experienced your love in a tangible, real way, God, we pray that that person, whether he's young or old, whatever age, whatever background they come from, God, that that person would experience your love in a real way, in a tangible way that changes their life today. God, would you do so by the power of your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes to what you want to say to us today through these four verses in Acts chapter 2, God. Help us to become obedient to what we learn. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have you ever noticed that we tend to reject what we don't understand? And we tend to become skeptical of the unknown. And I think that's a principle that follows us into our spiritual lives as much as it pertains to sort of everyday life and the things that we experience on a day-to-day basis. And today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And whenever we talk about the Holy Spirit in church, I, I think the, the room sort of divides, right? Because some of you, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you are like, yes, let's bring it. Signs, wonders, miracles, tongues, I'm all in, pastor, let's go, right? That's you. And some of you, you're on the other side of that, and maybe you're, 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 you're a bit more skeptical, and, and you're you're, you're hesitant, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know. You know, I went to that one church, and that guy was running around the whole church. And they were screaming, and I think heads were spinning, Pastor Marco, and I certainly saw drool. And they said they were empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, if, it's, if that's what it means, I mean, I think you can count me out. So this morning, listen, as we learn about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, this morning, I want you to get more than just a good theology lesson, okay? Because there, there have been thousands and thousands of pages written on the person, the work of the Holy Spirit. But I, I want to give you more than just a good theology lesson, a systematic theology lesson. You know what I want more for each of you this morning, those of us who would call Radiant our church, or, or some of you who are just visiting, you're in town or whatnot, and you're, you're swinging on through? Uh, here's what I really want. I want you this morning to encounter a person. That's what I want. I want you to encounter the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself. And I want you to at least by the end of the service to begin to say, you know what? You know, he sounds like someone I'd like to get to know. Yeah, amen. He sounds like someone, the Holy Spirit sounds like someone that I want to be in a relationship with. He sounds like someone I'd like to draw near and learn more about him. And today there are three symbols that sort of emerge from 
these four verses that I want to talk to, or talk about, rather. And these three symbols are this. There's wind, there's fire, and voices. And I'm going to take these three symbols, and I'm going to use them as a launching pad to talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to sort of make an argument. And my argument's going to be this as I talk. I'm going to give you the reasons why I think you should come to know the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you reasons why I believe that you should draw near to him and really know him and have an encounter with him and be led by him. And this morning, the very first symbol that we want to talk about is the symbol of wind, wind. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Once again, it says this. Suddenly, a sound like, right? these are symbols, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Right? It's a symbol of wind. You know, wind sort of carries with it the connotation of, of power. It's related to this idea of power. And when we talk about wind, we think about power. And I want you to just think, think about this for just a few moments. And think about the, the violent winds of a hurricane. We, we, we're all pretty familiar. Either you've lived through a hurricane, for some of, the, for some of you who have maybe lived in, in southern states, or, or we've all seen hurricanes on the news. We, we've, we've seen uh, uh, news to... Uh, Programs about hurricanes, and we've seen the images of hurricanes propelling vehicles through the air and just sending them hundreds of yards from their original location. It's these powerful winds. What about a tornado? Or I think Michigan, we, we're, we're a little bit more used to or, or familiar with a tornado, right? The, the devastating winds of a tornado that just sort of rips through a city or rips through a town and leaves all sorts of damage. Why? Because of the violent winds. And, and this morning, that's a picture of what? Of power. And that's a picture of who the Holy Spirit is and, and what he brings to us. The Holy Spirit, listen, empowers the church, and when I say the church, I mean all of you, all of me, myself, as individuals and corporately. The Holy Spirit empowers the church to accomplish the mission of God here on the earth. That's right. He, he fills us with power, or rather, the Holy Spirit. We could say this. The Holy Spirit emboldens us for ministry. He emboldens us for ministry. So let's just talk about this ministry aspect for a few moments, and, I'll, and then I'll change I'll change the focus here in just a few moments here. But let's just talk about the ministry aspect for just a few minutes here. Imagine if you're, if you're, if you're going to share your faith with someone, right? Someone who's a non-believer. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to fill you, to give you the right words to say, to help you navigate that conversation. Oh, what about this? What if you're going to preach a message to a group of teenagers, what about this? What if, what if you're going to lead a small group for the first time or for the millionth time you're going to lead a small group? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the boldness of the Holy Spirit. What if there's an opportunity to share your testimony to, to a, a, a room full of people? Some people may be Christians, but you don't know where everyone lies on their personal beliefs. And, and you get this opportunity to share your story, to share how you met Jesus. What about this? What if one day you're, you're, you're getting your hair cut, your, your hair styled, and, and the hairstylist 
brings up the topic of faith. And it's an opportunity for you to explain or tell her that you are a follower of Jesus. And you have this, this, this open door to, to talk about your relationship with God and what it means to follow Jesus in everyday life. Listen, you need the Holy Spirit for all of those events, for all those occurrences. Maybe you're a principal at school and there's a troubled child that walks into your office. You need the Holy Spirit to know how to talk to that individual. Maybe you're an online teacher and there's a student that shares with you a, 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 personal, a personal life event. And it's just a few moments, just a few moments, you have a chance to minister to that, to, that, to that young person. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to give you boldness. That's one aspect of what it means to be emboldened by the Holy Spirit. I think that's the more familiar one to most of us, if I can be honest, right? But there's even more to this, okay? There's even more to this. I, I want you to think about this for just a few moments. Did you know that all of us, each of us, I don't care how old you are, if you're 8 years old or 15 years old or you're 87 years old in this room, did you know that all of us, we're just trying to figure out who we are, right? We're just trying to figure out who we are. Did you know that all of us, we, we just want to be the real sort of us. We want to be we want to feel and be ourselves. And we're looking for something or someone to help us be the person that we know we can be. That's all of us. Each of us are on this journey. I think this is the draw of like drugs, you know, alcohol, any other substance for that matter. We're, we're just trying to, to be ourselves, which we're trying to feel comfortable in our own skin. You know what I'm saying? Anybody understand that, right? I think that's all of us. I hope, it, I hope it's a lot of you anyways, or I'm just talking to a wall right now. We're just trying to feel comfortable in our own skin. And I think this is the draw of substances like, like, like alcohol, like liquor, uh, any sort of drug you can imagine, right? You know what people say? People say when they're under the influence of maybe, you know, a few beers or a certain substance, you know what people will say? They will say this, you know, when I take that, I just feel so free. You know, when I, when I, just, when I take that substance, I, I just I feel like myself. I feel like I could just be me. I feel like I'm, in, I'm empowered. I feel bold. I feel brave. I feel like I can just sort of come unhinged and I can be the real me that I'm meant to be. And as Christians, we would say, no, 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 no. That's only destroying your life. But listen, that person is simply looking what we're all looking for. They just want to be themselves. We're all sort of uncomfortable in our own skin and we want to lose our inhibitions to some degree, we want to be free from people's expectations. We want to be free from, from sort of the thoughts and opinions that people have of us. Do you know what I'm talking about, church? Okay, good, because I'm like, I, figure, I feel like, like it's not resonating for some reason. I hope it is. Can I just tell you that the Holy Spirit helps us to be the person we were meant to be? You don't need a substance. You don't need alcohol, you don't need a drug, you don't need any other person. The Holy Spirit helps us to be the person we were meant to be. The Holy Spirit brings a boldness to be uniquely you. That's the beauty of it, a beauty of him. 
not having the expectations of others, not consumed with the thoughts and the, the opinions that other people have of you. The Holy Spirit helps you to be uniquely you, giving you confidence and boldness to be the person that God has called you to be. You know, I think we need this because to some degree or another, many of us struggle with people-pleasing. Right? We're, we're, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means this, that we're too concerned about the thoughts and opinions that other people have of us. Some of us are looking for affirmation. Can I just say that's a lot of us. I think all of us. We're all looking for the Father's affirmation. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. And so what do we do? We, 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 we may, maybe, maybe we post a little bit too much on our stories, if you know what I'm saying, right? Maybe we, we, we post all the glamour shots of, uh, so we look good in that angle or in that light. Why? Because we want those likes. We want people to say, oh, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, my gosh, you're amazing. Oh, you're so talented. Oh, my gosh, you're incredible. Oh, wow, I love you. Oh, wow, you're the bomb. Oh, wow, you're the best thing since sliced bread, right? We want people to recognize us, acknowledge us. And a, a lot of us, listen, can I just say, a lot of us, we're actually controlled by people-pleasing. What does that mean? That means this. Does that mean we let it affect our lives? We let it dictate the decisions that we make. And so it steers our lives. It, it shapes the things that we do. Because why? We want to be liked. We want to be accepted. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we start to look to other people to give us what only God can give us. We start to, that might be a boss, that might be a pastor, that might be uh, an older brother, right? We, we, we look to our older brother, we want him to affirm me. We, we look to um, a father, a, a mother, a grandma, a grandpa, and it's okay to be loved by those individuals. Of course, yes, we want that. That's healthy and normal. But sometimes if we're not careful, we begin to look towards these people more than we look to Christ for our identity, we're longing, listen, we're longing to be the people that God has called us to be. I'm longing, I don't know about you, but I'm longing to be. I'm, I'm 43 years old, and I'm still trying to get comfortable in my own skin. A couple golf claps, I like that, all right. We're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. And the Holy Spirit, listen, gives us boldness to live free in Jesus Christ, right? And I just tell you, the Spirit is the wind beneath our wings, so to speak, right? The Spirit, he makes us capable of far more of what we ever believed we could ever do on our own, right? The Holy Spirit gives you boldness for ministry, yes. But the Holy Spirit also gives you boldness to be who you were supposed to be, the real you, the true you, not trying to cater into culture, not try to be what someone else wants you to be, but just the real you. Not finding your identity in what you do, but in who he is. The second symbol that we see in the passage, of course, is a symbol of fire. Fire. The Bible commonly associates fire with the presence of God. Um, let me give you some examples here. Exodus chapter 3, we know this example. Moses, 
uh, meets God in where? A burning bush, right? The bush is on fire, and the fire represents the presence of God. Now, you flip the pages, just a few uh, going forward, and we see in Exodus chapter 19 that there God is meeting with his people. Israel has come out of Egypt, and God is meeting with his people on Mount Sinai, and there the Lord descends upon the mountain. How? In fire. Fire. It's the presence of God, and, and, and the people are afraid. Their, their knees are sort of knocking. They're afraid because the presence of God is there with them. Elijah, we know, many of us know who Elijah is from the Old Testament. Remember that story? Um, I can't remember where it's at, 1 Kings 17 or 2 Kings 18. I don't remember, but you can look it up. Okay. Elijah is confronting the prophets of Baal. I think, Adam, you've preached about that a couple of times here at Radiant. And when, uh, when the Lord consumes the sacrifice that Elijah has placed, there's all, there's all this water around the sacrifice. Well, the Lord consumes the fire and the water. How? In and through fire. It's the presence of God. Later on, when Elijah is taken to heaven, the presence of God is described as a chariot of fire. A chariot of fire. Ezekiel chapter 1, uh, the prophet Ezekiel has this powerful um, experience, encounter with the living God, the presence of God. And what does he see? Well, he sees many things, but one of the things he sees is what? Fire. Fire, it's the presence of God over and over and over again in Scripture. We see the presence of God described as fire, right? What does the Scripture say? Scripture says that what? Our God is a consuming what, church? Fire. Our God is a consuming fire. It's the presence of God. And we see that here in Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> but let me also say this. The fire also represents purification or cleansing. Fire also represents purification or cleansing. Did you know that it is the Spirit of God that empowers you to live for Christ? It's the Holy Spirit that empowers you to live a holy life, to live a life of holiness. The Apostle Paul several times in the New Testament says, put to death what is earthly inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, great chapter by the way, Paul, the Apostle Paul says that we are to what? To put to death the misdeeds of the body by the Spirit. That the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, enables us to what? To say no to sin and to say yes to Christ. The Spirit of God enables you, empowers you to live a holy life. In other words, listen, the more that you walk with Jesus, the more that you become like Jesus by the power and through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Here's what the Holy Spirit does. He does this. He helps us to, to shed old attitudes. He helps us to, to shed old insecurities. And you know insecurities? Everybody's got insecurities, right? I have insecurities, you have them. He helps us to shed old insecurities, old mindsets, or maybe relationships that have hurt us in the past. Maybe even this past experiences with the church that did not go well. 
The Holy Spirit helps us to shed those things. Why? So that we can be the person God has called us to be. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 with me. The writer says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, what, throw off, not, not sort of hang on. Some Christians are just trying to hang, hang on to sin, okay? Hey, can, hey, Pastor Marco, can I just have my sin and Jesus too? Like, I think he's okay with that, right? No, here's what it says. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, right? And let us what? Let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. Here's the good news, church. God has a race for each of us to run. Isn't that amazing? God has a race for each of us to run. And the thing that weighs us down, the thing that hinders us is what? Our sin. It's our sin. Our sin hinders us from achieving and becoming who God has called us to be. Your sin, my sin, it weighs us down. It weighs us down. What does that mean? Our sin is this. It's like, it's like bad habits, right? Bad habits. We all have bad habits. I have bad habits. You have bad habits, right? What about this? Um, wrong ways of thinking. Patterns of thinking. Wrong views of our sexuality, how we fit in and, and, and what that looks like in a relationship and who should I give my body to and how should I be accepted and, and, and should I give it to them so they can love me. It's a wrong pattern of thinking. Insecurities that have robbed us from our identity in Christ. What about this one? Relationships, old relationships that have hurt us. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to strip those things off of us so that what? We can run more freely, right? Because some of us, we, we were trying to run the race and we have this backpack and it's like a, a hundred pounds of bricks on us and we wonder why we can't seem to go anywhere. It's because we're trying to take all the ways of the world and the ways that everything, everyone else does them and the mindsets that everyone else has and we haven't yet accepted that we are different, we're called to live differently, right? That's, that's each and every one of us. And the Holy Spirit is trying to remove burdens. So when you become a believer, when you become a Christian, right, you place your hope in Christ, it is the Holy Spirit that you hear. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit that you hear guiding you to, to say this, maybe, hey, hey, back off of that relationship. He's toxic. Maybe it's, maybe it's, a, it's a romantic relationship. He's toxic. It's not good for you. And the Holy Spirit reminds you, hey, 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 it's okay. You're loved. You're valuable. You don't need his acceptance. It's okay. Back off. Back off. The Holy Spirit in that moment says, you better watch your mouth. Oh, you better watch what you say to her right now. The Holy Spirit reminds me as a husband, I get frustrated with Carrie. Come on, someone. I'm talking real life right now. I want to say something. The Holy Spirit's like, da, 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 da. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Right? <laughs> In that moment, I need the Holy Spirit because I'm ready. I'm like, to lash out. Right? The Holy Spirit is reminding you to be careful what your eyes are looking at. Like, oh, you're staring. Now, now you're staring. Okay, now you're staring. Okay, now that's lost. I, I know. Hold on, Holy Spirit. Now that's lost. And the Holy Spirit is reminding you, hey, 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 
He wants you to become more like Christ little by little by little. The Holy Spirit is reminding you, hey, 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 you're just being insecure right now. Stop. Stop being insecure. Stop finding your identity in what he says about you. Stop letting those words that she said five years ago hang over your shoulder. The Holy Spirit is reminding us, purifying us, saying the Saying this to you, I wanna, I wanna rid you, strip you of all those things that hold you down. The Holy Spirit wants to say, hey, you're not a bad parent. You're a, you're a good parent, and you feel you feel this big. The Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. You are loved. Listen to me, I'll guide you. So the Holy Spirit, listen, is purifying us, leading us in the way of what? Of holiness. Leading us in the way of holiness. And by the way, can I just say something? Can I just say something? As Christians, we should embrace this. This is for our good. It's for our good. I want to say this. You know, some, some people say that Christianity is it's so restrictive. It's, it's so limiting, right? It's so oppressive. So often people will say this. You know what? Here's the thing, Pastor Marco, I just want to be free so I can do what I want to do, so I can do what I want to do with whoever I want to do it with, whenever I want to do that thing, whatever that is, right? I just want to be free. Can I just tell you that that's not freedom? In reality, it's actually enslavement. In reality, you are enslaved to your own appetites and your own desires. That's not freedom. You're a slave, and you just don't know it. And Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And someone needs to hear that this morning. But the work of the Spirit is to set you free. True freedom, not the freedom that the world tells you to do whatever you want. No, that's slavery, and you're enslaved to your passions. You're enslaved to your desires. You're enslaved to what? To yourself, because you are God. And the Spirit says, no, 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 you're not God, honey. The world does not revolve around you, right? Let me show you what real freedom is. All right, got a little bit heavy on that one. (laughs) finally the third symbol is this it's voices voices acts 2 chapter 4 all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them right now when it comes to speaking in tongues (laughs) i know that this is very controversial for some of you it's like ooh, tongues what Ooh, ah right some of you, it's really uncomfortable. You're like, oh, is he going to talk about that right now? I didn't want him to talk about that. Is that today? Oh, shoot. I knew I had something to do, right? Depending on your background, um, denomination, maybe um, you came from a church and they were just like, we're going to skip that whole section in Acts. We're going to not cover 1 Corinthians 14, you know what I'm saying? We're not going to talk about that chapter with Paul or, Ignore that. So d- depending on your, your, your background, um, you may have skipped over some of these things. And, and don't worry. Just, just relax. <laughs> I'm not going to make any of you sort of speak in tongues right now on the mic or anything like that. So just chill out, right? 
But here's what I want to do. Instead of you just sort of having this apprehension, instead of you approaching speaking in tongues with, um, like, it's weird, I don't get it. Uh, some of you might be, you're, you're even offended. Like, that's so offensive. Oh, my goodness. Right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, might be, you might be offended. Uh, I want to phrase it to you um, a little differently, perhaps in a, in a new light. This morning, uh, and, and, it, and my hope and prayer is that it, instead of being offensive, it'll be, it'll be much more comfortable because you'll be able to understand this maybe just a, a bit more, okay? Um, have you ever noticed that, uh, I think younger couples do this when they're like, maybe they're just dating, they're three months into dating, or maybe they're about to, to, to be married soon. Have you ever noticed how younger couples have like a, an insider language, right? And they're, they're calling each other these pet names and like, oh, boo-boo, oh, Oh, it's pumpkin pie, right? Like, oh, sugar, like whatever it is, right? I don't know, right? Whatever your name is, it's like, and they're, or, or even married couples who, are, who got the, the flame is lit in their household, in their marriage, praise God for that. And you walk into their house, and they're, they're like, it's like insider jokes. Have you ever, ever been there? Have you ever seen another couple? And you're just like, okay, this is gross, all right. Let me, let me check out right now. What are, what are you making plans for? No, thank you, right? And so it's like this insider language. And listen, listen. <laughs> some of you caught that. It's like insider language. And we do this with those whom we love deeply, those who know us intimately, right? Married couples, they, they sometimes do this. They, they have that look towards one another. And if you're on the outside, sometimes you're co- left completely in the dark, and you're like, I don't want to know what you're all talking about, right? You're like, okay, this is a little bit strange. It's weird. But, but couples have this way of having like an insider language where it's almost like, in, like an inside joke. Have you ever been on the outside of an inside joke? How awkward that feels, right? You're like, <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about, like, right? It's the same way sometimes. And it's this insider language, and we reserve that for those who we love, those who, who we love deeply, those who we're, we're really close to. Maybe you're about to be married. Maybe you've been married for 10 years, for 15 years, right? There's intimacy, and you reserve that type of language for those who you love intimately and closely. And what if, what if here, what if this idea of speaking in tongues of what we see in the New Testament, what if it's sort of the same thing? What if it's insider language to God? And it's reserved for him. And those on the outside, they might think we're strange. They might think it's weird. They might be offended with us, actually. They might think we're stupid. They might think whatever. And, but for us and for God, for the Lord, he knows. And it's reserved for him. And it's this, this sort of insider language that we use in intimate moments, in, in, in our prayer closets, in our, our time of prayer. When we look at the New Testament, I won't go too deep into, into this, but we, when we look at the New Testament, when we, when we see tongues, we see it primarily used in three different ways. We see it in the way that it's used here in known languages, okay? Because if you continue to read in the text, it says that they each heard their own language being spoken, and that, that can happen. So it, it appears in known languages, the gift of tongues also shows up in 1 Corinthians 14 where the Apostle Paul says it's, it's in a public gathering and, and someone has a message in tongues and then there's, a, there's an interpreter, right? 
And then there's finally what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 and 2 there. He says, the one who speaks to, the one who speaks, uh, to God speaks, utters mysteries in the Spirit. He doesn't speak to man. It's a prayer language, right? It's this language that is used for you and God and you and God only. Now, there's all kinds of debate to, as to whether or not every believer should speak in tongues or can speak in tongues. Let me just say this today, okay? We can talk a little bit more about it next week. But if you have the, do, if you have the desire for this gift, okay, it is my belief, this is where my conviction lies, that God is unlikely to withhold it from you. Why do you say that, Marco? Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. He says this, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. That means that we should have a desire for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul says this, especially that you might prophesy. Prophecy. It's the gift of prophecy. I believe in it. I believe it's alive still today. That's a whole other teaching. But if you desire that gift, listen, you want it. He's a good father. It's, it's my belief that he's not going to withhold that from you. So we're going to close up time right now. And uh, I want to just give us a couple minutes, just real quick. Give us a couple minutes just to respond to God. That's all we're going to do. Just, we're going to respond in prayer. We're, we're going to respond with, with, um, to his power, to his presence, right? Maybe some of you are going to pray for that gift. You're going to pray, God, I, 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 if you have this for me, God, then I want it. I want it. God, if this is a good gift from you, then, then I want it, right? You're going to pray for the gift of tongues. If you want to pray with me or pray with one of our leaders for that, we'll pray together. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing weird. There's nothing abnormal. There's nothing controversial about it. Can I just say that? Nothing at all. Why? Because the New Testament speaks about it. Let me just say this as we close out. Paul, in Romans chapter 5, in verse number 5, he says this. He says that hope does not put us to, sh- hope does not put us to shame because the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The love of God has been poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Let me just say this really quick. A room this size with this many people, if you're here this morning, maybe you haven't received the love of God. And, and this morning, the Holy Spirit wants to pour it out into your heart. This is the vehicle. He's the vehicle by which God does that. And this morning, man, if there's one of you, two of you, three of you, I don't know if there's anyone in here And you would say, man, Pastor Marco, I'm convicted. I want to repent of sin. I want to turn from that life. And I want to receive forgiveness and salvation. I want to receive eternal life. I want to pray with you as well for that this morning. And our prayer team is here to pray with you as well. So let's just take the next 30 seconds, 40 seconds, and let's just 
Let's just sit in quietness. You can pray under your breath, absolutely. Let's just welcome the Holy Spirit here for just a moment here. Come, Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. We receive you. For some of us, God, today that means that it's the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Some of us need to be comforted. God, for some of us this morning, it's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Parents, maybe we need wisdom with our, with our kids. For some of us, we need the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Receive that right now. For some of us, we need the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You've you've grown lax on your convictions, and we need the fire of God to descend upon you this morning for fresh conviction to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Move in this place. Move in our hearts. For some of us, it's the gift of tongues. We receive that today, this morning, God. Others of us, it's the gift of prophecy. Maybe it's the gift of discernment. God, there's, there's some young people this morning, I think they need the gift of boldness. They just, they need the boldness of the Holy Spirit to live out their lives for Christ, sort of in a secular, broken world. So Holy Spirit, give boldness this morning. God, Holy Spirit, right now, give, give boldness for those to be uniquely them. Those who are suffering from burdening insecurities, God. And I, just, I have a picture right now of someone who's in shackles because of insecurity. Spirit wants to break shackles if you, if you ask him. Come, Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning and you, and you don't know Christ, I want you to know Jesus right now. I want to pray with you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you, and, and we, God, we, we turn our hearts' affections to you this morning, God. God, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He's the way, the truth, and the life. That Jesus lived a sinless life. He died on the cross in our place, and three days later, he was raised to life, God. We receive right now the life and the love, the forgiveness, the grace of Jesus Christ. The Scripture tells us that there's only one name under heaven that's been given to mankind by which we can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. God, for some of us, we, we've been looking in all the wrong places, Lord. God, forgive us of our sin. Give us a new heart. Set us on fire for you, Lord. And receive us as one of your sons or daughters right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you're here this morning, go ahead and look up at me.
I'm going to dismiss you here in just a second as you receive Jesus.